Gaming on the Frontier. And this is Jonathan. <laughs> Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of taking wacky ideas and making them into adventures. I mean, that pretty much describes most of what we do on a daily basis. On a daily basis? Well, you you don't have well, my family a, life. Well, me <laughs> a daily basis, remember, I'm running four campaigns. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so I'm planning pretty much all the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, this, uh, uh, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are talking about, uh, well, I'm going to let Jonathan explain it. Jonathan. So the idea, and I'll, I'll go ahead and preface this by saying where the idea came from, and then maybe you'll understand. I'm sitting at home watching some music videos on YouTube in the background, and one video catches my eye, and it's called uh, Wake Up by Avicii. If you've never seen this video, understandable. Look it up on YouTube when you have a chance. But the basic premise is what can only be described as like a, a dancing zombie virus. I won't even say virus, more like contagion. One guy starts dancing uncontrollably, and it starts to spread, and I thought... That's a weird idea. I think that would be fun to run. And not just, but not run it comically. Let's run it serious. How would you run an adventure where there is seriously a contagious dancing zombie virus? So that was the idea. Then they expanded onto just wacky ideas. Wacky adventure hooks. Things that, as I uh, described it to Bruce and uh, Trav, the basic plot lines from your schlock C movies, your C horror movies, like Thanksgiving, where you have a demonic serial killer turkey. And they made a series of that. That wasn't just one movie. How could you run that and not, and the, with the, imp the goal of not embracing the wacky, you could allow it, of course, because your players are going to be wacky no matter how hard you try. But how would you take your wacky ideas and run them earnestly within your campaigns? Closest thing I did to that, it was more backstory for Bureau 13 and Team Candlestick, the official Michigan team. I was running it by my former neighbor, uh, Bad Kitty. And she goes, yeah, Team Candlestick's first mission was Metro Detroit was being invaded by a horde of roast chicken zombies. And I just look at her and she goes, yeah, I mean, they swarm on you and they basically, you know, the drumsticks are there with the bones sticking out and the little wings. And you just basically get pummeled to death by, you know, and I'm like, OK, and it's, I've thought about trying to run it you know, just <laughs> like the return of, you know. You know, okay. somebody found this secret recipe and, you know, just, yeah, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, how would you like set that up so that it's not just the silliness, but actually trying to come up with say a serious, uh, or at least serious sounding explanation for that. Like the, uh, the one I came up with for the dancing zombies was, well, there are viruses out there that do make you dance mm -hmm. or do make you laugh uncontrollably. Oh Yeah. And yeah, so and the idea of a zombie virus that just has this extra bit added onto it that makes the zombies dance, right? that's plausible. I mean, if you already accept the idea of zombie viruses. Right, <laughs> right. Well, the closest thing I've ever come to that is actually a, I wouldn't even call it a C, 
uh, I was uh, C-rated movie, probably lower than that. But it was something we've been t- we were talking about when I was in college, and that was doing the Night of the Living Peeps. <laughs> Which, and those of you who don't know, peeps are those little marshmallow chickens that, you know, you, uh, uh, that you get at Easter, you know, they're, and uh, they're super, super sweet and they come in packages. Um, And if you look at them, you know, the quality control is never really good on them. So there's lots of them that have like misplaced eyeballs and other things like that. So it kind of lends itself to the thought that there's something inherently wrong with these things. And maybe some, you know, some uh, material uh, gets into the mix at the peep factory and a whole bunch of these things gets made and they somehow come alive and start threatening your neighborhood. You know, uh, you know, and yeah, you could you could play it straight. You know, with all the little kids running down and you know getting their Easter baskets and getting swarmed by these things. Yeah, so. Mommy, Daddy, the beeps are chasing me. Uh, and uh, you know, and, and this, you know, then the you know the, you know then comes the the screaming and the bleeding and you know whatever. So yeah, so it's we all uh, funny I, until and, the screaming starts. Yeah, and I, I have a I had I made a T-shirt up for it, you know, which had Tweety Bird on the front of it, and it said, "This one dies too." <laughs> so we were very serious about it. Never happened, but you know, it, we we it, it caused us to to dream a lot. And that particular group, by the way, had something that we refer to as the uh, Rite of Spring, which is where we would go and. Uh, we would take these mutated peeps, okay, not the good ones, but the, the weird ones, okay, and we placed them into execution devices of our own design, and we, and at one of our club meetings, you know, for science fiction and fantasy, we would execute all the peeps, and uh, the, the fun ones were, the, the most fun ones were the ones where we, uh, I thought was when we lit them up, you know, put them in the cages and stuff, and, and, uh, um, uh, and coated the cages with paraffin and then lit them up and as they were on fire you'd spin them around on an arm you know and they you know <laughs> gobs of flame would come off of them and they would just sizzle inside and yeah we were sick people we were very sick people <laughs> i was gonna yeah. say two things Call number one I'm a, I'm a little concerned now no nah, don't <laughs> worry about it you know number, it, number it, if it was if it was a thing it passed you know like i said <laughs> It was well, just a phase. Yeah. I was going to say, the number two, I could easily see that occurring as a regular occurrence at Dragon Con every year. Yes, yes. I was going to say, it was the rite of spring. We did it, uh, like, you know, in, in March or, you know, we did it at, 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 at uh, peep time because, of course, when do you buy them otherwise? So, yeah. You know, these days, I, I think you could probably them buy up. them anytime, but at that time, they were Don't only available in uh, or at Easter. So you had to strike while the. The iron was hot. You know, and, I, I mean, peeps liquefy when you do that, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I work with candy now, and yeah. I, I honestly can't say I've seen them at all this time of year. I've actually seen them in um, doors that sell to primarily Latino um uh, mm-hmm. people okay. that yeah. they, they seem to have, you know, different combinations of foods, you know, and, and some things, I, I don't know, maybe it's, it, it strikes a chord at a different time of year, but I'm pretty sure I've seen peeps or some variant of peeps, you know, uh, at other times of the year. But I mean, after I all, imagine. they are marshmallow yeah. co- coated with some really sugary coating. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. And lots and lots of, you know, red dye number five. 
<laughs> I mean, if if nothing else, you just go to Amazon. Amazon has everything apparently. Well, of course, you know. Yeah. So. But anyways, the uh, that's that's the weirdest thing that we tried to take seriously. You know, the wackiest thing we tried to take seriously in real life. But you know, uh, as an adventure, um, you know, I, I I could see it. You know, it would be a lot easier to do because, of course, you know, you don't have to deal with actors and setting up, you know, sets and things like that. You know, but. Uh, but yeah, the uh, something something gets into the mix, and the peeps go feral. <laughs> so. Something bad got in that mix. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the whole thing. That's gonna bore and rot your teeth, there, son. Peeps gone bad. Tuesday night on Fox. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, now I'm seeing all these peeps wearing low cut shorts and. Yeah, know, no, no. See, I didn't want to go there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more, more like just a peep jumping at some kid's neck out of the basket. You know? Yeah, that's you know, what I'm glad and, he said. And their little, and they're and little big tear, tearing and tearing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, now the the other, uh, as far as uh, something similar to that, um, there was, uh, and and I'm going to be a, a, a little uh, uh, a little audience thing. Uh, I'm going to speak about a porn movie. So if you want to shut. You know, sh- shut your kids' ears off for a second. That'd be fine. But there is a, there was a, um, uh, wa- like wa- Walking Dead from the television show. They did a porn parody of it, and uh, in that in that particular parody, it was um, human semen that would kill the zombies, which they were readily willing to accept uh in in the movie but i just you know they played that completely seriously as far as you could say <laughs> i thought, that was, a, I thought that was a pretty wacky idea okay that's all uh, i mean unless you guys have a comment that's all i gotta say folks you can let your kids breathe again <laughs> yeah so yeah I, well that just derailed my brain <laughs> Give me that's my point that it's 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 one of those that's the whole point these wacky things i mean if you really do the wacky right then they, you know, it just goes. And see, this is a thing which is, you know, um, and, and I'm, I'm going to I have to give a shout out to Richard Taholka and Tritac Games because a lot of his, not the big RPGs, but the lesser RPGs and the, um, um, and the, the little micro games were seriously wacky, as you know. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, and I mean, uh, Duck Trooper, Interdimensional yeah. Portal, Alien Invasion by Ducks. Okay, played completely seriously. All right, uh, Beast Bunny Bimbos with Blasters. Geriatric Wars would be another one. Well, you know, I don't explain. I mean, Beast Bunny Bimbos with Blasters. Uh, Martians are invading, but only the you know uh, the 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 beach culture can stop them, and so. Other than the fact you've got like you know Wendy and Sally and Jimmy and Ricky and whatever all from the beach, you know going against them, uh, it's played completely straight. So Trav, talk about uh, uh, geriatric Jerry wars. War. Yeah, yeah. I believe it had to do with like social security got all messed up, so only certain people were getting checks. Well, the government so bas- the government basically collapses. Yeah, so you're basically having old people fight over what money is left. The very last checks that get sent. Yeah, and anybody who can get their hands on them, because they're really, I think they're like they're they're like uh, uh, you know to to whom it may concern on the check, and it's just sent to addresses. So anybody who can get their hands on the checks 
can cash them. Okay, I always thought it was specifically the old people were fighting. Well, so they were there. sent. They were sent to the the um, Social Security. The addresses in the Social Security database. But once you know uh, the the local toughs realized what had happened, they're like going to the mailboxes trying to you know get those checks. And there's you know Grandpa with his uh, World War One you know Springfield uh, trying to take trying to protect it. Yeah. So yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty wacky concept, and and well, and, and I'm I'm still waiting for it to happen because I am I it, to me it's not that wacky, it's it's just you know after yeah. after 20, 2019 and two thousand twenty, my my level of wackiness you know versus reality has been drastically altered. Yeah, <laughs> I would not have thought. That, you know, I mean, we're living in a world where people thought that Tide, that, 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 that they should eat Tide pods and that, uh, you know, sniffing uh, bleach was going to cure viruses. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and the latest one where uh, this drug, uh, which is uh, usually used uh, uh, for, uh, <clears throat> to, to worm uh, animals, especially horses, but it also has been used in the past as an anti-malarial drug. Suddenly, people are thinking that they can take this and it's going to cure their COVID. Yeah, uh, neurotoxin. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, the, the problem, ivermectin, yeah. ivermectin or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the problem is, is that uh, based upon the active ingredients that are in there, in order to actually be effective, you'd have to take 100 times the standard dose, which would kill you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a neurotoxin. Well, yeah, it's designed yeah. to kill worms and such. Yeah, you know, and, and, and 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 um, not viruses, but because a malaria. Well, actually, malaria is. I forget. Is it a virus or is it a bacteria? I think malaria is a virus. Okay. I mean, it's it's hard to remember, but anyways. Uh, I think so, it does have some hmm. like therapeutic uh, properties, but only in very specific circumstances. Right. And, and again, in dosages design. that yeah. just we cannot easily do for humans. Yeah. And of course, nobody's tested this for this purpose. It's like, uh, you know, I don't want to take untested drugs. It's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but you're going to take this because it's been tested for animals and assume it's going to be good for humans. You know, uh, okay. Anyways. I don't trust the FDA's testing procedure, but Bailey on Facebook says this, and I'm going to trust him. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, he's my bud, so mm. uh, who I've never met because he has like a billion followers. Uh, mm. And they can't all be wrong. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but enough of that. I'm just saying, the, my, my concept of wackiness has definitely shifted because, you know, I'm like, how do I do more wacky than this? See, that's the problem is I'm really kind of... Stunt, stumped here, you know. It's uh, so I, I did. Uh, I did send you a list of some of the wackiest movies that I saw that I thought they were trying to play straight, you know. But uh, yeah, anyways, and I think I had a few. I want I added right. as well. So, um, but but please continue. Um, uh, so, uh, but let me see here. What else? Um, well, of course, Escape from Westerville State Mental Hospital. The idea that that uh, all these uh, people with uh, severe psychological issues are using each other's psychological problems as a means of, as it's kind of a superpower to help them break through doors and things like that. They're, they're taking the, uh, uh, the canatonics and they're using them as battering ramps oh, to, to go get through doors that are locked and stuff like that, you know, and, and yes, that, that would kill them, but you know, it's, it's uh, yeah. Uh, they're asleep. They won't notice. But they don't notice, right? You know, they, 
they they uh, but um, yeah so uh and of course i don't even want to talk about um uh you know the one with the um uh the hor- horsey's gone bad murder hoof oh yes oh yeah yeah, yeah. If again you're a fan of my little pony or not yeah com- played completely straight <laughs> So you got to admit, Richard had a flair for the really, and he also, you know, he also did it because he really wanted to push John Ryer's buttons, who, who, oh, by, yes. the, who by the way, is a brony. Okay, me, yep. he's a, 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 you know, a bro for for the ponies, and to create a an RPG purely about homicidal ponies. Uh, <laughs> gives, oh no, I remember. Gives me a I chuckle. Remember. I remember when Amber wrote, because Amber Rose a fan too, Pip, uh, our other former co-host, mm-hmm. and just, I think I'm going to run this. And she's just like, Trav. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> just daggers. <laughs> Don't you? No, no. Rich, Rich had a good way of, you know, just finding that type of weird topic and just, okay, here's a game based on this. And that yeah. a lot of Rich's smaller, we wouldn't say... Uh, lesser no smaller games maybe 20 pages at the most to set up the entire thing for you to run it they were of that vein and you played them seriously and there were a few we've looked into over the years i remember a couple years ago we did uh beach blanket bimbos with blasters and broke that down pretty well mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know just because they're wacky doesn't mean you can't run them i mean that's, right yeah it's it's you know kind of the fun sometimes of doing it and frankly you know anybody who doesn't think that uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is wa- isn't wacky and wasn't paying attention? Yeah, I was. Oh, that was a, another one. Um, Holes, which mm-hmm. oh yes, got wrapped, wrapped into Portals Four, didn't it? Yeah, it did. A lot of the things, the the goodies and yeah, one all of the, the other things. One of the nodes, yeah. yeah, one of the nodes had all the different things from Holes, all different races from Holes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they it, it see it was like um, oh. Um, well, um, I'm trying to think here. This is like this is like a video game where you have all these like wacky character types. You know, you've got the clowns, you got the uh, you know the bacteries, you got whatever. They're all homicidal. They're all trying to kill each other. Yeah, <laughs> and you you pick your group that you that you're gonna go with. You know, and you fight the rest. And it's just like it was just like a video game. And we uh, actually published it as one of the uh, supplements. I'm sorry, one of the Terror Watch editions. Ah. We, did, we did a we did like an episode you know, like seven and eight you know and seven was like real terror watch with the articles and things like that and the eight part of it was holes because you know Richard really hadn't sold a whole lot of those you know and I said well you want to put it out as a supplement and he said sure go for it so I did I think and Bruce I don't know if you ever saw it back in the day I saw it the one time when Rich would run his Uncle Rich's trash video night mm-hmm. at Con. Oh, yeah, folks, it it was a thing with Rich in the 70s and the 80s. He found all these sorts of C-movies, and looking back now, it's like, oh, no, that's what fueled a lot of these uh, smaller games he did. Swedish fantasy movies. (laughs) And by fantasy, I mean, like, um, uh, you know, uh, folklore. Ah. You know, I mean... And then, of course... The, the movie that still rings in my mind slash scars me somewhat, Turkish Star Wars. Just if you can find it on YouTube, folks, you get yeah. to share my pain. Just well, We love Rich dearly, but I'm just like, Rich, what in the hell is this? <laughs> it's not even fresh hell. <laughs> no, no, it was just, yeah, just I'm there stunned. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some seriously weird stuff out there. Yeah. yeah it's uh, uh, okay. Uh, back to you, Jonathan. Uh, I was just looking it up as you as you mentioned it because it made me think. There was a um, uh, a crew that used to run the video room at DragonCon and. I went back to see if they're on YouTube now because, I mean, we're talking... I remember they were running this uh, video room back in the, like, 90s. Ah, yes, it is them. Corn Pone Flicks. Yes, Corn Pone Flicks. <laughs> they did a, a, a short little video that was done in the style of a teaser trailer. And again, this was back in the 90s, so you didn't have YouTube. This only way you saw this was it was shared around at the nascent internet? No, no. Yeah. You, you sent them a blank video oh, yes, cassette, and they too. would yes. dupe it onto your cassette and send it back. I remember doing that because I sent them a blank VHS tape because there was a certain, I think, one of their series I wanted, uh, the, the bad American dubbing. And there was so much room left on the tape afterwards, they just threw on a whole bunch of their extra shorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And one of them is probably my favorite, the phone. You can find it on YouTube now. I just double checked while we, while you guys were talking, and I double checked on it. And yes, it is on Netflix now. The phone by Corn Pone Flicks. P O N. YouTube, not Netflix. You're right. You're right. YouTube. Yeah, I was gonna say. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm losing my brain. And it is just a killer phone. How does it kill you? Is it, it doesn't show. <laughs> I mean, okay, so. I mean, there's two ways it can kill you I can think of. I mean, one is think, that it produces I, a sound that basically causes your brain to liquefy. I think actually in the video, I think I ha it's been a while since I've seen it, and I don't want to watch it right now while we're right. doing the podcast. But I, yeah. if, I, if my memory serves, I think it does both. It does. You have, I think, one little scene where somebody's holding it up to their ear, and then they just start shaking and convulsing. Right. And then another one where you see the cord wrap itself around their neck. Mm -hmm. Oh, jeez. Because, again, these are old <laughs> phones. These are 90s phones. Right. And if you've seen... Um, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, the whole bathroom scene where Freddy's giving the tongue out of the phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, act, the, that, act, the main yeah. actress in, in, the, in the first and second film. What a trooper she was. Because <laughs> she had to sit in that bathtub. I, I noticed out for hours while they set that kind of stuff up. And then she came back. Yes, she did. For like the... the... The the meta breaking one, <laughs> the fourth wall breaking one. No, you mean the when they when they did, tried to restart it. Well, no, there was actually when they did like a a an, a version of Nightmare on Elm Street where it's the actors and actresses from the yeah, yeah. original movie right. get haunted by Freddy in the right. real world. It, it was the um, oh what's his name uh, the guy who did Shocker. Oh, I can't think of his name. The director. Yeah, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head either. Anyways, um, yeah, he did that. You know where. You know he's doing horror movies and she's having these dreams about Freddy and he, he turns out to be turns out to be real and then they did the uh, the remake and I gotta say that I like the remake so much because they actually ma it made sense that he was so connected to this one girl you know when you saw the when you saw the uh, the remake but I'm not going to talk about it because hey it's a family show and second. <laughs> Um, and secondly, you might actually want to go see it. So, um, I never know. I mean, it's been out for like, what, 15 years now, at least? Oh, uh, yeah, probably. The New Nightmare, um, actually stars as Freddy, the guy that played, uh, Rushra at, in, um... In Watchmen, yeah. In Watchmen. Yeah. 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 Which I think is also inspired. I mean, you know, because that guy, I remember when he was a teen act, okay, and I watched him, all right? And I'm like saying, this guy is good. This guy is... You know, he, he, he brings across the weird, you know, but he also, he's so intense. So, um, you know, I and, and he was one of those guys where basically he dropped off the, the scene for like 20 years. 
and then came back. Yeah. And I was like, look who it is. You know, so, and then he got real popular for a while again. So, you know, whatever. It's nice to have a resurgence of your career late in the late in the thing. Like, um, I'm sorry, um, like um, the the guy who played the buddy on Quantum Leap. Oh, Dean Stockwell. Yeah. Dean Stockwell. Yeah. He couldn't get hired. He finally took out a full page ad in um, a variety and said, well, I had a great career. You guys love me. Now you don't want to hire me, but that's okay. Thanks a lot to everybody who gave me a job. And his phone started ringing off the hook going, I didn't know you were available. <laughs> suddenly, <Yeah. laughs> suddenly he's doing Battlestar Galactica and he's doing all these other things. And it's like, wow. It's like, you know, sometimes it's, I mean, that guy definitely should have, you know, needed to have uh, uh, fired his publicist. I was about to say yeah. his agent, yeah. his pub somebody needed to, to get their, lose him as a client yeah yeah get their walking papers yeah right okay so uh so is there any like for our listeners okay you know uh is there any basic kind of concepts about what you know what kind of wacky we're talking about what makes something wacky you know in our definition of wacky uh uh seeds for adventures i think to my mind it's if you were to say just give them the most basic plot the most basic one sentence explanation of the plot and they turn their head ever so slightly to the you cock it to the side and look at you like you just called them a bunny rabbit so the elevator pitches the entire plot of the movie definitely yeah okay yeah so when and you it do makes, the elevator and it makes them pitch wonder what like, drugs you've been taking yeah well you do the elevator pitch and you're like okay and and you just give that look like and that's it. And they're and like, it. what? <laughs> like another example that uh, came to mind was um, Bubba Hotep. Oh, God, I love that movie. And it's not so much the idea of ancient, you know, mummy comes back to life and starts killing people in an old folks home. That, yeah. But then also, you know, Elvis and John F. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy in the body of an elderly black man. Yeah, that's more of the idea of what and and the fact that this demon in the mummy form um, extracts your soul in a very uncomfortable manner. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> go watch it. It's great. I mean, oh, yeah, Campbell is amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ozzie Davis also mm -hmm. played. Well, John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And talk about playing it completely straight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That's uh, that's one of the reasons I think that's a great example. Wacky idea, but they play it genuine. They play it straight. Okay. Um, right. So you you basically have a, a standard tropish types you know adventure, and then you throw something into it that makes it really wacky. Is what you're saying? Um. Well, that. But then an another idea that also came to mind that is not quite that. It's um killer clown cl killer clowns from outer space. Oh yeah. That is purely whack but only from the for the most part only from the clown side the humans trying to fight for their lives are pretty much treating this situation straight yeah but the clowns oh, the, the clowns other... are using you know all their standard items as uh, as death devices okay so you know and 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 they you know and they turning people into big huge like balloon things that they're sucking 
stuff out of. Yeah, but like like they're insects and they're slowly digesting these people in these sacks and slurping out. And and of course it's a bendy straw, you know, with the the loopy loops, you know, that they're sticking into. The oh yeah. Thing. So yeah. So everything is is like you know we got to use all the you know we can only use things that are like that. It's it's kind of like. Um, Oh, um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, not the wrong guys. The um, oh, the mystery men, mystery men. Okay. Oh yeah. Which is you know a, a, again, I think it's a pretty standard, you know, uh, super villains trying to escape. Um, uh, easily confuses the the big hero because the big hero is uh, wants him to escape because he wants to have someone to fight so he can get his his uh, funding because yeah you know, you, you know brand deals yes brand deals right you know and then you have all these secondary superheroes who are kind of inept all right and they come they ride in to save the day and manage to kill the main good guy yeah uh, who's actually complicit at this point uh, with the bad guy and uh, they have all these wacky abilities you know, that, that uh, you know, you would not normally think of as superpowers, like the man who's super strong because of his unbridled rage, or the spleen. It's just he has such Mr. trouble Furious, getting right? angry. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. the spleen who, you know, farts. Who, who farts with lethal intensity and also <laughs> pinpoint accuracy. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he who... Smelted Delta kind of thing. So, or, um, or the, the the guy who can be invisible, but only when no one's looking at it. Only him. when no one looks at it. Yep, yep. Yeah. Which actually works in the movie because at one point he has to go up against robotic uh, drones, and they're all high. You know, they're all looking away from him, and he turns invisible and walks right through them because drones aren't humans and it, they can't see him. <laughs> so it works. Yeah, I mean that's, yeah. that's that was like the big climax for for at least that character is like oh oh no he's going to get torn to shreds oh right. oh I feel sad for him oh wait right. it worked and 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 of course they they're um uh what was the the term they, they like to use the their engineer their um uh their Mister Fox their uh, not Alfred but the the guy who basically makes the devices. Okay. Oh, yeah, played he, by um, Tom Waits. Right. Yeah. Only makes devices that are non-lethal. Only makes weapons yeah. that are non-lethal. So you've got the blame thrower. You've yep. got uh, whatever it was that uh, uh, it causes clothing to um, shrink, which yeah, I thought was going strict, to... Yeah. which Yeah, which I thought was going to mean that they were going to get constricted by their own clothing and not able to move, but uh, it, it turned out to be something more of a risque situation since... Uh, <laughs> They use it all. I, I love Ben Stiller's response in that when he's seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, don't look. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got Baby Bowler, who is has a has a lucite ball with the head of her father, who's a ghost, inhabiting his skull telekinetically, which she uses to hurl as an object of of uh, of, of, of lethal, you know, uh, precision. And, and of course, uh, she's there arguing with him. And the okay, Dad, fine, I'll go back to school. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Janine Garofalo played that wonderfully. She sold yeah. it. She sold it yeah. really. because, of course, she's she's doing it all herself. I mean, yeah. she, all the conversations she's having are all entirely one sided. 
<laughs> Nothing is coming out. There's no voiceover coming out of the skull. No one else yeah. can hear this. She's the only one who can hear this. And of course, they they she's their she's their heavy hitter. She's the one that they hire on because they need more power. You know. Like, oh no. She's the only one, who, at least at the auditions, who actually seems to have some ability. Yes. <laughs> No, no, there was the one where they had the, uh, and, and I'm going here, but I, I just love this scene. And he's there all wrapped up in a cloak and looking all mysterious. He's got the domino mask on. And yes, just a second. All right. Um, where he comes up and he's all mysterious. And I am ballerina man and oh. comes out the big guy, the tutu and oh, he's yeah. pirouetting. And you just see Ben Stiller going, I did not need to see that next. And you're hearing the, all those, of all those uh, uh, widow bins or whatever, I actually kind of like the waffler. Oh, yeah. He's the <laughs> guy that syrup used... Syrup of justice. He, yes, there. he, used, he used red hot waffle irons as his weapons and would just like hang them from his hands like 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 they were um, uh, bracers on his arms and he'd smack people with them, burning them. That was just that was just shtick. So, uh, yeah. And I mean... You had the... Yeah, just that that movie. Yeah. So lots of wackiness, but they were seriously trying to stop a supervillain played wonderfully by uh, Jeffrey uh, Rush. Rush. Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey yep. Rush, who we know most people would know better as the uh, uh, the uh, undead captain in Barbosa. Uh, Barbosa, yep. you know, in uh, the uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Who 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 managed to wrangle that into four movies? <laughs> yeah, good on him. Uh, him and Depp, the only really, I think the only two that made it past three. Well, and and of course the 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 um, uh, the comic relief, the the two guys, the guy did they? Was, yes, the guy who kept losing his eyeball. Oh and, yeah, and his yeah. buddy, you know, with him. Okay, and and, yeah. and the last one, it turned out that his eyeball was actually. You know, uh, Barbosa's uh, piece of eight. Like, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think they made it past that third movie. I thought they made it all the way to the end. Well, but, that, 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 but there were more after that one. That was the thing. There was a fourth and even a fifth, I think, after that. I don't that. think that's come out yet. I always thought there was a fourth. The fourth half. That, that, that was on, that was on the... Stranger Tides, the one that, right. on Stranger Tides was a totally different book, and they just say, hey, let's adapt this book that's been around for a hundred years into the franchise. And, yeah, yeah. There's the search for the, the fountain of youth. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure they were in that. Barbosa was, Barbosa was in that as like, I don't even know if he was a foil or if he was, he was, he had returned to England and was working for the English Navy. So as a privateer, essentially. If, uh, essentially. He wasn't working for the English Navy. He was working for the, uh, uh, uh the, the, the Dutch, Tea company, who's basically well, I, I know, yeah, basically owned England at that point. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I well, I mean, it's honestly, I've only seen Stranger Tides once, so yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. The point is that you take a basically <laughs> normal, what you consider to be a normal, you know, okay type thing, and you throw some stuff into there that is comp that is really off the wall, and that's what makes it wacky. Apparently, is what you're saying. Okay, and, pretty much. And yeah. So yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so let's let's try that, okay? So Travis, you propose a uh, a very standard, uh, you know, kind of of uh, science fiction or or horror or fantasy um, storyline, and we'll we'll try to tart this up with uh, wackiness. Oh God, okay, um, okay, fantasy. 
You are hired by the king, and we're uh, as standard as trope as possible. You're hired by the king. The princess has been taken by a monster. You have to go rescue her. Yeah, this standard fantasy trope could be a dragon, could be a giant, an ogre, whatever. But the king hires, oh, my daughter, the princess, has been taken by this evil being off into the woods, and I need hardy adventurers who I will pay well to bring my daughter back safely. Right, right, okay. All right, so, uh, 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 you know, this is essentially the plot to track, uh, to Shrek. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so instead Which? of it being the paladin, it's an ogre, okay, <laughs> with his, well, don- no, I, with his donkey companion. Hit- it didn't even hit me that just yeah that would because it's been used in all these other stories and campaigns I'm like right right ah, and crap. the princess is actually you know is actually an ogre too uh though she has to choose whether she wants to be human or an ogre and the uh uh and and the donkey manages to defeat the dragon by wooing it. Oh, it's a feminine dragon. Oh, yeah, I see that you're reeking with feminine beauty. Yeah, don't breathe those smoke rings by me. <laughs> I'm asthmatic. <laughs> Nicely done. Yes, yeah, right. D- yeah. Right. So, okay. So that's... Oh, uh, wacky. Yeah. So Shrek, <laughs> very much a wacky film. Played pretty straight. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, Dren. Yeah, drag, uh, and and the ogre instead of being you know a, a huge brutish you know um, monstrous creature is is a is a uh, sensitive soul who just wants to be left alone because everyone thinks he's ugly. All, all the feedback he gets his entire life is you're a big scary ugly dude. So until he we meets- got donkey again. See at least Fiona, you get a choice. Shrek is ugly twenty four seven. Right. See, this this reminds me of a, of a line in um, uh, oh, um, Scott's uh, Hat Track River, um, uh, where uh, some guy goes. Uh, these two guys come into a store, and one guy looks at the girl behind the counter and says, "Oh, what an ugly girl she is." He says, "You know what? Uh, I thought I, I heard that she was really pretty, and and look at her. You know, she's." She's got, you know, her face is too wide, you know, her hair is too coarse and all these things like that. And he, and he turns around and leaves. And the other guy's like, what are you talking about? She's the most beautiful woman in the world. Oh, I get it. She's Indian beauty. She's got, you know, he's Indian and he sees all those characteristics as being beautiful in the, in the, in the racial subtype of, of, of Native American. While the other guy was looking for some... I don't know Roman Roman nose and and uh, uh, blonde uh, you know uh, Scandinavian hair and, uh, yeah. and and just totally didn't see you know how beautiful she was you know as as herself you know and you know and and Disney says right so we're gonna make you know Pocahontas look just like a non-Indian except we're gonna give her dark hair and uh, and tan skin <laughs> so. In case you haven't seen Pocahontas, you know. Oh, okay. She doesn't look very uh, Native American, at least as far as most Native Americans I've ever seen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, anyways, uh, okay. So, uh, all right. Let's let's try that again. Uh, Jonathan, you suggest one. Um. So I'll pull off um 
one that I think uh, I'm trying to find uh, the uh, inspiration for it, but um, the one that comes to my mind is um, there was a okay, so I'll, I'll just set it up. Uh, university setting, strange, horrific deaths start to occur, all because. A demon has erupted, but it can't leave the grounds of the university. And see, I don't know. That's where <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out where the uh, I'm trying to remember where the wacky came in on that because it was. Well, I was oh, asking okay. you to actually pick a movie that you knew was wacky. No, no, no. Yeah. I was yeah. asking you to give us a scenario that we could add the wacky to. Well, there you go. A uh, demon. Uh, in demon in. Uh, murders, demonic murders on a university campus. Okay. All right. Uh, university is undergoing uh, a restoration uh, because it's basically gotten a big infusion of money from the state. Uh, and because they, they wanted, they, it was a college, they wanted to be a university, so they got a lot of, a lot of money. And they start cleaning up the buildings. And there is, and as they do that, they start pressure washing, you know, the lintels on the buildings and and uh, all the uh, covers on the sewer system and other things like that, and find out that all these buildings have basically uh, uh, hex marks on them, and that as they get more and more uncovered as the restoration occurs, uh, you know, the 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 veil between. Uh, the uh, uh, you know between the the demon world and and our world becomes thinner and thinner and things start popping out, okay. Um, so uh, that's not really wacky enough. Trav, make it wackier. Oh, let's see here. Um, I do like the power washing idea and the hexes. Um, oh, let's see. The only thing I can think of is that they decide to because they are expanding the university. They break ground on a new building and Native American burial site. So you get all the problems that the conventions and the tropes for that along with. So you're trying to tell me the wackiness is the fact there's also a Native American burial site there. Yes. And of course, they didn't know about it. And just so out of the frying pan into the fire. Oh, we got demon invasion. Oh, and Native American burial ground zombies, too. Oh, great. You know, I think I've got it. I think yeah. I've got. I've, I think I've got the wacky. Um, the veil doesn't necessarily keep the demons out as it as it gets uh, as it as it the strengthened or weakened. What it does is it limits the size of the demons. So they uncover one of these hex marks, one of these wards, and a tiny little ant-sized demon can get through. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and then they, you know, of course that's demon ain't gonna do nothing but as they keep removing wards the demon can get a little bit bigger a little bit bigger a little bit bigger so maybe by the time the first few murders happen it's been you know by this oh let's just say an action figure size of demon little gi joe size demon hordes of hordes of them action size little demons and 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 uh and and do and do the spirits of the Native Americans come to the aid of the of this universe of the college slash university students, or do they just laugh and say, "Yeah, get rid of them because it's time for us to return," or do they you know stomp them out and, and basically say, nice, you know, "We are now the nascent nation of whatever." I can see any of those options. I'm 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 I'm, I'm 
Oh. See, so, yeah, I think I'm giving Jonathan ideas for his next campaign here. Ah, uh, you have. Oh, <laughs> see, folks, uh, see you know, all, thank all you for participating in our home campaigns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As we work out our ideas on the air for your enjoyment and ours. Who says it has to be just one of those options? Maybe it's all three. Maybe this burial site was used by multiple tribes. Mm, seems unlikely, but okay, sure, why not? Well, maybe it was for Or even years. worse, okay, this was a mass grave that was done by the army, you know, yeah. after they, they killed a bunch of tribes and they just brought the bo the, the, the bones back and dumped them, you know. Yep. In, there you go, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, so you end up, you, you basically have, you know, all these different tribes who are also warring on each other while they're warring on the demons. No, it, no, it, I, it, I, I, I had the idea for the multiple tribes. It was the site of two tribes had fought there, so things were there because both sides, both different tribes died there, mm -hmm. and as they're trying to fight the demons, the battle is back on. Yeah. Granted, they're ghost zombie skeletons and all that, so trying to fight this demon that, you know, is growing and growing, you got this battle raging. What's the sound? And depending on which tribe you're talking to, they might be up for helping you, or they might be helping for helping the demon. What's the sound of two tribes counting coup? Oh no! <laughs> I, I, I no, I'm not going there. No. <laughs> you know, because that could happen early on too. You know, all of a sudden you get these situations where they basically come and gets their butt kicked, but then they don't kill them because these. They just they just basically hit them with this 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 kind of like this whip, you know, with with a uh, a fan kind of thing that just stings a lot, you know, like someone's like spanking you. Yeah, cool stick. Yeah, and then they yeah. turn around and take off, but then later on they come for real. So uh, yeah, hey, this guy's okay. He's just gonna hit you with this wacky stick. Ah! So yeah, all right, <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. So, uh, of course, uh, was it uh, ur uh, Urban Myth where uh, the, the, the guys were s sitting there saying, this is how you survive uh, a, a horror movie? And they were t talking out all the tropes. And then everybody started dying because the bad guy was, you know, was, you know, genre aware. And so he was doing all the tropes, just, you know. Either to, that or scream. Well, he was he was doing it. He was doing all the tropes to mess with them. Okay, right. But the right. final idea was is that he was then going to after they thought they figured it all out, and of course they he, he it left all kinds of breadcrumbs to the wrong people. He says then he was going to take uh, he was going to take these guys out because of something bad that they had done to somebody way way in the past. But now they. And I can see that. I mean, you know, I had a terrible childhood. And if I, you know, if I'd gone to college and seen somebody who, who'd totally forgotten about me, you know, and, and, and you know, I, that would have been an opportunity, you know, to do something if I was homicidally uh, motivated. But, yeah, you know, so it, it happens, you know. I went to a restaurant one time, and there was this girl who thought she was also, she tried to tease me, you know, in, in high school. And, uh, and, and then, you know, I, you know, uh, and it's now like 20 years later and she's working at this, you know, restaurant as a, as a wait person and she recognizes me and I'm like, like, I have no idea who you are. I have no idea. Please go away. I need another waitress, please. This woman is bothering us, you know, and the whole time she's like driving her crazy because she knows she recognizes me, but she doesn't know who I am. 
And uh, <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. So, and uh, you know, and my mom's not saying a word. She's just watching me deal with this. And I'm like, you know, he says, and I told her later, yes, I know exactly who she is. You know, she was this girl who thought she was also, uh, she was like the, you know, the prettiest, you know, sexiest, whatever. And uh, guys like me were beneath her. So uh, it's nice to see, you know, nice to see her earning a living, you know, in uh, in a in a in a restaurant while I'm, you know, somewhere else, uh, with a somewhere career. far far away. Yeah. So, not that I, not that there's anything against being a weight person. Oh no no no! But I'm it, just it saying just... is is that you know. Uh, I think usually the idea being that people like that who have that kind of you know attitude in high school usually are going. Have the idea that they're going to go on to become an actress you know, or a great model. Things or... are ahead of her, and she ends up being somebody who's, you know, uh, doing a uh, uh, essential worker job. You know, which yeah, is, which yeah. which in and of itself is fine. You know, and and you should have pride in your work. But I'm saying is it's it's not no one aspires that to that. I don't think. Well, yeah, it it's the whole thing of because they think back then in high school and college that that is going to. That's the pinnacle, like, oh, I'm of this social group, and it is the height of my life at this point. They have no idea that their life could go up or down. And then that happens, and you politely blew her off, knowing full well who this person was. Yeah. Bruce, I am no, I know, dear friend, you are not a vengeful person. No. That's just not in you. No, no. But, and... but I understand. <laughs> but she was tenacious. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, she she was sure she knew who I was, and I'm like going, you know, I must have a very recognizable face. You know, of course, people for years have told me they look, I look just like their second cousin, and I'm well, like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah so, so you can sit there and say, well, I just have that type of face. I yeah, did. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I said. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You're not the first person who said that to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can sometimes get away with that excuse because I've had a lot of people say uh, I resemble right. either. A professional wrestler or an actor, famous actor, and it's like, I just got that kind of face. Yeah. All right, my turn. Okay, so um, uh, we have a young couple uh, who has moved into uh, the house that belongs to a distant relative who... Uh, you know, who apparently had no children, and it it fell to them, or for, they, they were it, they were mysteriously named in the will, and uh, and they come and they find this beautiful yet you know fixer upper type house uh, on this large estate, and uh, and it turns out that the uh, uh, the house is actually. Um, uh, being watched over by uh, woodland woodland supernatural spirits uh, because of uh, some thing that happened in the past, but they don't know that, so therefore everything that happens is freaking them the hell out. So, add the wacky to that. Hey, okay. mm, house bequeathed to a young couple, fixer upper, watched over by. Woodland spirits. For some reason, animating wooden objects in the house and making the nearby animals talk is what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Just you know, and and of course, you know, cupboard doors open and smack the husband, and chairs move out from under the wife when she's trying to sit down, and or or chair backs spontaneously generate eyeballs, <laughs> and then they and then they look back and it's gone. <laughs> 
Oh, just yeah. I'm saying Ugh. it's. I mean, you have to do stuff that's freaking them out. You know. You know. Okay. Here's 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 where I would probably throw in a little bit of the wacky is depending on how long these spirits have been watching over the house. I, I assume at least a generation or two. They have adopted the most stereotypical affectations of where wherever the local area wherever this house is. So if it was here in say the southeast, we're talking thick southern drawl. They love their moonshine and they don't ha- they have opinions about NASCAR. <laughs> okay. All right. Like and, the, and the first people they interacted with were, you know, these the representative representative people of that stereotype and that that's they adopted those mannerisms from, so are from you saying people. that the woodland spirits are staunch republicans well oh, if they were, see, south, wow. if they were down oh. here in the southeast yes yeah i'm saying we're from the southeast we kind of know this is to be true that's we're, yeah I, we're atlanta is a blue island in the middle of a red sea okay. yeah yeah <laughs> all right so so therefore of course the couple has to be staunch Democrats or, you know, oh, liberal, yes. li- liberals, or as they would call them, libtar. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I'm seeing, so I'm much seeing... for not getting political, folks. Yeah. I didn't say anything about not getting political. <laughs> we didn't get into ideologies. We just, we got into basics. <laughs> okay. But you can easily swap it around and, and say if they were in um, the, um, like, say, in the New York area, you know, they they talk with that, that New York accent and they, they, they love that, the Yankees, and that's it. I can't do a good New York yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got even college trial. Give me that. Or no, let's see. Up here, me, Midwest. Um, they argue that it's pop, not soda. Uh, or for you two Southerners, Coke. Um, let's see what else. They, they get it, they get into em- empty bottle fights. You know, over it. Yeah, yeah. You hear, um, you hear the screaming from the kitchen. It's soda. It's pop. Crash, crash, crash. As bottles start smashing against each other. Complaining about driving and all that. And <laughs> you walk that in, is, the sure. entire area is covered with glass. You yeah. Know, lots of some of the bottles were actually filled. There's stickiness everywhere. Yeah, it's all Fago sprayed all over like ICP. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no offense to any of our Juggalo fans out there. Um, but no, I, I, I could see, depending on where the house is, yeah, just fill in the most full stereotypical tropes of the region. Like, yeah, South, they have that, the Midwest, this. Um, I'm imagining the, the, the house on the California coast now. <laughs> you too. Yeah, you, I, we both went there. <laughs> this is Bruce Sheffer saying... There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.